Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones taking their lamps brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and for you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. So they went off to buy it, and the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake. You know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but there's been a lot of death in my life of late. Friends and parishioners who I've known for a long time have passed, and it stirs up some very deep emotions. Now, one could argue that dealing with death is part of the job description for anyone who's a priest or a minister or a deacon, and that is in fact the case. We learn to deal with death in a different way than most people deal with it because we're confronted with it so often in our ministries. I've been to the funeral home more times than I can count for funeral vigils and for rosaries. But when the deceased is someone you know on a personal level, you can't help but be moved by it. And as we mark this 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, our gospel reminds us of the fact that the end will come for all of us at some point, and for many of us when we least expect it. Indeed, the month of November is a month to contemplate the brevity of life and the end times, as the days become shorter and colder, and we commemorate all saints and all souls on the first two days of the month. Because of my ministry, I've had the opportunity to listen to countless eulogies, and there's something that I can share from this experience that relates to UTG at work. That something is this. It's exceptionally rare for someone to mention someone's job in a eulogy, and that includes people who died before retirement. I've never heard about what a gifted accountant he was, or how many extra hours she worked at the plant to make production. I've never heard about how skillfully they argued their point at a staff meeting, or how well they knew their HR policies. No, none of these things matter when someone's life has ended. But what do I hear time and again in eulogies? I hear about what a great person someone was, about how much they loved the Lord, about their commitment to their family, about how they prayed every night, and so on. And so, what can we glean from this? Very simply, the things that you will be remembered for are the good things that are of God, not the things of this world. Your work, no matter how successful you have been, is irrelevant in the big picture of life, other than the good deeds that you have done for the people with whom you work. Consider the story of Alfred Nobel, the inventor of the blasting cap and ultimately of dynamite. Alfred was exceptionally wealthy due to his trade, but eight years before his death, his brother passed away. 
the press mistakenly assumed that it was actually Alfred who had died, and he found himself reading several of his own obituaries. What he saw was that people only remembered him for the destructive potential of his invention, and that made him reevaluate his life. He ended up leaving a large portion of his fortune to establish the Nobel Peace Prizes so that his legacy would be a positive one. Alfred had the benefit of realizing that the work that he did, the very work which brought him immense wealth, was nothing more than a detriment to his legacy as a human being, and he went about fixing that. So, enough of the downer message. Let's move to something more positive. What can we do about this reality so that we can be ready when our number is eventually called? Well, Jesus tells us very clearly in today's gospel that we need to be vigilant. We need to stay awake to what it means to be a disciple. I think all of us understand the concept of being vigilant. Certainly from a military perspective, we all know that we must be on guard 365 days a year, because if we're not, bad things can happen. And what a wonderful time it is to stop and thank our active and retired military as we celebrate Veterans Day on November 11. Thank you for all of your service. It's because of your dedication and sacrifice that my family and I can peacefully lay our heads on our pillows every night in the comfort of your protection. But, vigilance for the second coming of Christ is not so easy to embrace. Let's face it, it's been 2,000 years and it hasn't happened yet. So why spend too much time and effort being vigilant? If you look carefully at today's gospel, you see that the ten virgins mentioned are all essentially good people. They were all going out to meet the bridegroom. There's no contrast in this passage of good people versus bad people. No, the ten of them represent all of us Christians who await the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The point here is that we Christians need to stay awake. We need to be ready. Think about it. If they had not fallen asleep, even those who didn't have oil would have realized it earlier in the evening and would have gone off to buy more. Then they would have been ready. But they didn't have the chance to do so because they fell asleep. So, we need to be ready. We need to have Jesus as an integral part of everything that we do every day so that we're ready at any point for his return, and that includes your time at work. But you know, and I know, that this isn't always easy. We get caught up in other things and we lose focus. So, let me offer you something to consider when it comes to being vigilant. Perhaps more accurately, let me offer you someone to consider. That someone is Blessed Father Solanus Casey, a Detroit priest who was vigilant every moment of every day. Father Solanus did many wonderful things. He worked many miracles, curing people of their illnesses and injuries. There are parishioners in my own parish who met him as babies, and either they or their loved ones were miraculously cured by him. I strongly encourage you that, if you don't know much about Father Solanus, take some time to read up on him. You will be amazed to learn about such a holy and truly blessed man who lived just down the street from us. Now, there is no question that Father Solanus was vigilant. But he didn't have to work at it like you or I might think would be necessary. His secret was that he intertwined God into every aspect of his life. He didn't need to cram God into the small open windows in his daily schedule. No, he made God a part of everything he did, whether he was washing dishes, greeting people at the monastery, or miserably playing his violin. God was a part of all of it. And how did he remain vigilant? These quotes are from Father Solanus, and they give us a little bit of insight. What does it matter where we go? Wherever we go, won't we be serving God there? And wherever we go, won't we have our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament with us? Isn't that enough to make us happy? And a second quote, We must be faithful to the present moment or we will frustrate the plan of God for our lives. You see, Father Solanus didn't develop his continuous love of God because of the miracles that God worked through him. 
No, his miracles came about because of his continuous love of God, and so his vigilance was unstoppable. If you find yourself thinking that you don't have enough time in your life for God, then I encourage you to rethink your position. You have all the time that there is. Vigilance comes not from doing more things for God, but from making God a part of everything that you already do. But, you may be thinking, I most certainly do not have time to be vigilant at work. I struggle just to find enough time for lunch, so I certainly can't find time to pray or read the Bible or go to daily Mass. And that may well be true. But God doesn't ask you to carve out time from your workday for Him. He asks you to invite Him into every part of your workday. Are you dreading a particularly difficult or confrontational meeting? Offer it up to God in a very simple and quick prayer beforehand. And as the meeting progresses, pray to the Holy Spirit to guide your words and your actions. Are you frustrated with a co-worker? Pray for them and ask God to bless them. Do you take time to pray before your meals at work? It only takes a few seconds, and it not only allows you to give thanks to God for your food, but it also sends a very positive message to your co-workers who see you doing it. Do you have a religious quote, symbol, or cross in your workspace to remind you of your true calling? Something that simple can spark repeated reminders throughout the workday about what really matters, and it can provide comfort when things get dicey. The more we talk to people in this UTG at Work apostolate, the more we see that the simple, everyday things that people do to live their faith at work are the key to happiness, fulfillment, and even vigilance for their faith at work. You don't need to do anything dramatic or profound to be a disciple in the workplace. You simply need to make God a part of everything that you already do. May we all find the courage to be vigilant by making God a part of everything we do as we await the day when we will meet Him face to face. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. <laughs>